Savants, everyone. And uh, this week, I am Kiki. I am Astro Boy. Oh, I know why. Oh, I think I know why. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, welcome back to Anime Savants. This is episode 60. And we're going to move through these news topics very quickly. So we talked about the merger last week, and then it literally happened, like, the day before we dropped the episode. Right. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, great. Um, so that happened. Um, VRV apparently is part of that merger. And uh, yeah, they released like the Crunchyroll mascot girl with like a Funimation-esque like purple jacket kind of thing <laughs> with a little bit of updated animation because she did need that updated animation. Um, and uh, yeah, so it happened. And... I guess we'll just see what the hell they're going to do from here. Yep, it, it felt a little dystopian because it's like the mascot gets reacquired and rebranded herself. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, and then the only other thing I have is, of course, the new My Hero Dom- um, Academia movie is dominating. And uh, the Blue Lock soccer Blue manga is getting an anime and... All I know is that I've been seeing people beg for this, and now that it's here, people lost their fucking minds. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. I have not watched the trailer yet, but I just like the aesthetic. And I've actually never watched a so- um read nor watched a soccer manga before. Oh, or really? Anime. So, yeah, I, think, I didn't watch. Did I... There's that like level five one that's like really popular, isn't it? Yeah, I I think I I don't think I've. Funny enough, I don't think I've watched one either. Was it like Night Night in the in the Field or something like that? The mm. manga. But like, I don't think I've ever actually watched a soccer anime either. It's funny because like I've watched a lot of sports shows. Now, there was that one about rugby from a couple of years ago that was yeah. like, it was not bad. It was just on the very edge of what I would be even interested in watching. And the fact that soccer, which I actually played, like I've never actually watched one, is kind of interesting oh really yeah oh wow yeah well yeah that's all i have for news that i mean there's probably other things that happened but those are the big ones yeah very little most of it was just um release info and a couple of trailers for a variety of of series i think the only one that that popped up to me was just uh that world world triggers coming on the ninth um of october so that just seems fun um we knew that 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 it was coming back in October, just not the date. So yeah, other than that, not much. Well, at least it didn't get delayed again, like Shield Hero. Oh, uh, don't know what's going on over there. Sure, it's crunch um, related, but we'll never know. Oh goodness. Um, do you have anything else? No, actually, not really. <laughs> oh, mean, okay, so, well, cool. There's like that Berserk manga chapter uh, announcement. Oh, I saw that. Is that something that he wrote before? I have no idea. It's being um, billed as sort of like part of the memorial to the uh, the memorial issue. But the thing is that the, I think prior to this, there was some news that like the staff um, on berserk made the collective decision to continue it so i don't know if that's based on notes or anything else and they've been pretty tight-lipped about that i think the reaction has mostly been positive though you know a lot of people had decided that if it didn't continue they were fine with that and that it probably shouldn't and then as soon as the announcement of the extra chapter came out the chatter i saw completely turned around like well you know if the staff wants it and you know keep it in a buck people want more berserk so we'll see yeah 
Okay, yeah, we shall yeah. see. Um, all right, let's get into these reviews. Um, which yeah, I, I watched also... a whole lot this week, so we can. Okay, see. so well, do you want to start? I I saw a lot of people like talking big about Edenton. So did something big happen? <clears throat> Or I mean, every episode after the first one kind of had like a bunch of twists, and mm, okay. I, I think in the latest episode we again they do a lot of character development, and there were some seeds that were planted at least in the second episode that kind of got paid off a bit in episode five, having to do with the origin of the demons, and also you know it's a much darker series. I mean, I sort of presented it as its look is one way, and then the content is another way. And yeah. so we there's a, a one of the leads who I don't still don't know if they're like villainous, but to be to be honest, like I, you know, and we maybe we'll talk about this when we talk about standing on a million lives. But there's also sort of like these ambiguous um, themes where the protagonists aren't necessarily heroic. And so, so it makes it makes um makes their motivations and what the plot is trying to say a little bit more interesting, I think, because oh, okay. they're they're not only indifferent to like human the human suffering. They spent a lot of time in the show actually talking about philosophy, which I'm was surprised by again, given the look and given the the other charm of the series. And in this episode they definitely get into way more of the motivations for at least one of the protagonists. And it is dark, and I don't disagree with it either. That 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 choice to make that character a lot more ambiguous. He's very um, you know, like how people wound up coming around on Killua as a character when the anime was running. A lot of people first saw him as like a oh, he's just um, Sasuke, and then oh, that like he was destined to be a rival character. Yeah, or that like his motive. Like, he he was one of those um, his motivations are so not generic but they're so similar on the outside to a lot of characters you already know that as you get to know him through the show or the manga if you're a reader that uh he becomes a lot more complex and eventually i think a lot of people were rooting for him more than anyone else in the show because the good side of his character out sort of out grows the bad side or is in the process of doing that Mm-hmm. Edenton has a has at least one character that's very similar. I think I told you that easily his his uh, design looks like Gone, but he's got like the you know the the stereotypical anime smart guy look. His his hair is short. He's got glasses. But then like you watch him over the course of at least the first ep- episodes of the season, and you realize like he's actually cold and calculating and knows a lot more about what's going on than almost anyone else in the series. He's manipulative, and then he does some things in episode five that both show that, yeah, he's he, he's not going to be a, the physical threat that the lead Hayato is, but, man, he's probably scarier and may actually be a villain in the series. Oh. Doesn't mean okay. that he is one. It's just like the what he's doing right now is not heroic behavior. And it's okay. awesome, but it's also not heroic. So, okay. Yeah, I, I recommend the, the series. Anyone who wants to see what Mappa is up to this season, check it out. Check out Edenton. I like it. But I'm not necessarily going to cover it every week unless, uh, Jordan, you wind up watching it. Oh, no, that was my plan. If I literally 
I I got so sidetracked this week. I had plans to get this caught up. I was going to do it like Friday because the only thing I really cover on Friday was Bonnie Toss. Mm -hmm. So I was going to watch like the first few episodes and then finish it up on Saturday. And I was a wreck on Friday. (laughs) So that did not happen. I mean, it's not good Um, that you were a wreck, but also I see. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, things happen. But um. What else is there outside of that? Um, Realist Hero was cute this week. I actually really enjoyed like the city planning aspect, and uh, I was expecting an actual monster. Yeah, and it, yeah, it wasn't. Nope. It was a very Japanese. Um, how do I say this the right way? I don't mean this in an insulting way. This was a very Japanese episode, not anime, Japan. Because Aww. all of like the both the lessons that were learned or taught were derived from like the history and culture of people who grew up living in the mainland island of Japan, and then uh, on top of that, so the way some of the characters were behaving, specifically that scene where he gives the pep talk to all of the bureaucrats, um, uh-huh. and how happy they are to have been, you know, successful at being bureaucrats is such a like Japanese salaryman kind of um, moment. Like I got it. I think anyone who watches it, you know, you don't have to have any cultural understanding to get, you know, both the messages and like why the characters were behaving the way that they were. But if you know a little bit about the culture of Japan, that whole scene hits a little bit different and you kind of understand that it's a cell. This whole show obviously is a celebration of, of good governance and good bureaucracy, but it's also in a lot of places good Japanese governments, governance and good Japanese bureaucracy or work culture. Um, like when he was like, oh, we saved so much money, I can't give you any medals, but you all can go get go get drunk out of the, you know, whatever. He had that line at the end where he said, you could either drink it or sell the bottle, I don't care what happens. Like mm-hmm. that's a kind of thing that um, actually does happen in like Japanese office culture. Like, you know... Uh, the team does a good job so everybody gets like a bottle of liquor or something like that whereas like if that happened oh. if that i mean it does happen in american companies too but we're a lot different about like um drinking through the job rather than on the job um, yeah it's just yeah. it's very very different but like the the when those guys were all crying because like we saved so much money oh we did such a good job like that's a, such a um, pro pro J- Japanese work culture type of moment that like in the U.S. U.S. were kind of like disdainful and distrustful of jobs, even though we like hard work as an ethic. It's a funny dichotomy where in like Japan, it's all about yeah, you're right. It's all yeah. about like working extremely hard, but not they don't care usually as much about doing a um like a great job. It's a weird. It's like it's everything's all inverted. It's like you took the 80s America business culture and then plastered it over a uh, I don't it's not right to call it like an honor driven society, but like an order um, and and efficiency driven society. And you get these interesting wrinkles that I, I like how the show plays up on that. Well, now a lot of it makes way more sense. And I guess that was definitely way more entertaining for you. I thought it was all cool as fuck, but you definitely caught all the references. So yeah, it's, just, it's wow. not like they're they the the show isn't disguising like what it is or what it's trying to do on a weekly basis. 
I like that, like the tsunami thing, because obviously, if you're a Japanese person, regardless, you're gonna know a lot about um, earthquake and tsunami preparations. Like, do you remember that scene where he he's in the office with um, uh, uh, the prime minister, and he suddenly just lapses into teaching them about like uh, uh, geotechnics and like you know how a how a, a earthquakes cause tsunamis with like the plate infraction. Is infarction infraction? I don't remember. But like, uh, and then he just stops himself and he's like, "You don't really need to know the details." Because if you're a Japanese kid, you have to like go through all this like uh, storm prep, even if you don't live on the coast, like in school. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's just funny because he almost like nerded out over like knowing about tsunamis, which if it was like any other background for the character you'd be like oh that guy's just like he's a nerd for geology and like you know that's what i took it as i was like oh wow i was like he's really knowledgeable about that and they know nothing about it because he was talking about like the tectonic plates and shit yes exactly oh and that's what i thought but but remember like this whole show is also like a celebration of, of japanese culture as well so he was obviously very proud of the fact that he knew all of this and knew about like safety measures to take in this very because for us like i you know i grew up on the coast but uh we don't have active plate movement really in the northeast of the united states so it's not like i know that or like my town or my city i grew up with like posted warnings and like tv um interruptions to teach me what to do if the ocean decided to swallow the whole city whereas if you're if you're japanese no matter really what side of the i guess more the 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 eastern side of the island but if wherever you live you grow this is a, a, a active presence if you go outside there's signage that directs people to like where the emergency shelter would be for like tsunami so it's a big part of your life the way like tornadoes are a big part of people's lives in like the south the, the southeast yeah, yeah 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 of the u.s so i thought that was a that was nice that they turned that into like a plot point like all these silly villagers they don't know about science <laughs> but i know about science. also there was that little side in the beginning where his puppet was a here it was like a an adventurer and they they wrapped that up nice and quick it's like a little five minutes a little the girl fell in love with the puppet and yeah i thought that's cute i also was wondering i was like does he have to be conscious for that but he clearly doesn't have to be because his pins were still going when he took the nap oh yeah apparently they 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 can just operate at less efficiency when he's asleep uh, but yeah. but they're gonna do something with that. Obviously, they they that I love that because that, that gives him the opportunity to like learn about the world without actually having to like go out and like sneak out the castle and do stuff. Yeah, and I think we are gonna get some combat, you know, as part of the story as well. So it's not just gonna be fantasy characters with weapons, but that's a swerve into all this bureaucracy. I think that there will be actual conflict. I mean, he was slicing and dicing. He was. You know, it'll probably happen. But it was a chill episode overall. Not a, not a whole lot of like. And also, they didn't follow up on the cliffhanger from last week. So that is true. They did not explain what was going on, we, other than I guess in the very beginning that um, monologue about you know the distribution of the army and everything. I thought that was going to come into play a little more, but it seemed like for for this episode, it was to explain how he was going to deal with the uh, tsunami preparation, which is like have all the Earth mages do whatever. But I think that they are dropping 
hints across the last couple episodes about what the military situation is going to be. And then, and I don't know, maybe he'll talk his way out of shit. He claims he's not going to fight with the other dukes, but I, I, I don't see how that I thought that the happened. tunnel stuff was important because maybe if they don't try to fight him like straight up in a civil war, they'll try like an espionage war. Well, that may be exactly what happens. Yeah. You know, I don't I I don't think that's out of the question. I just don't think they got to it this episode. This episode was more about, you know, setting up this new city, which will probably cut and you know, remember the, the one He's probably gonna piss homegirl off. Exactly. I think his plan might be to isolate that one Duke and get all the others on his side first and then go after I don't know. We'll see. I'm I'm intrigued, yeah. but it was still fun. Agreed. What else was there? Um we can talk about Million Lives, which was oh Jesus yeah, fuck. I what the fuck, man? What is going on? So like, there was a genius child on the island that just decided that, to fuck everybody up. <laughs> yeah, just decided to just like fuck everybody over, and like, I don't, I don't, man, I don't know. Okay, first of all, the fucking love confession shit is getting out of hand. Like, what the? Oh, well, no. That was actually my favorite part of the fucking episode where they were like, why do people keep fucking, like, having crushes on him? And then the homegirl was like, well, it's probably because he actually treats them like people and not us. And I was like, oh, shit. She right, though. She right. That's true. Um, But... Honestly, I thought more people were going to die, especially because of what happened after the orcs. Um, a homeboy doing his like heroic moment in the beginning of the episode. That was cute. Until you see his horrible death at the end. That was the worst I mean, I've ever seen. Oh, well, I knew that. Well, did I, I knew that happened when they like did the pan out and he started. Uh, he had that blood curdling scream. Yeah. But like so, they show you the aftermath. Like at the at the end yeah. of the episode, and it's like that, it's that terrible. Works. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. So, I didn't know. So is that what lava does to like living bodies? Uh, or is that the no. lava mixed with the water? <laughs> you just well, you either burn or you explode uh, because That's you're full I, of water. Yeah. yeah. Um, so how did his body end up like that? Between... I don't know, but however it <laughs> happened, it was horrible. <laughs> I mean, you could see, like, part of him being burnt on his face. Yeah. And so I'm like, so, wait, what? What, what happened? You would so you dumb. would look like that if you were, like, buried in ash, right? Cause okay, that, yes. Because ash yeah. will burn you, but it's not going to, it's not going to, like, cook you. You get carbonized. That's oh. like if you ever, you know, they talk about. So is um, that Mount- what happened to him? Uh, I mean, that's what they appear to show, but it also looked like he was covered in, like, craggy lava shit. So they just found yes. a terrible... Whatever his death was, it was horrible. Um, it was like, bitch, you should never left the island. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they give you... I, I don't know. This is one of those shows where you start seeing people's flashbacks, and you're like, well, that guy's dead. Whatever it is, if I see a flashback, you're dead. Exactly. But honestly, it asks a show. I like that aspect of it, because... It's literally giving other people's like point of view of what's going on as opposed to just like Yatsia. Right. And uh, his, cause his shit 
is definitely important, but like knowing the circumstances surrounding everything is just as important. And uh, whenever he makes the wrong decision and fucks some shit up, it's like, oh, damn, nigga. Now, why you had to do that? You didn't have yeah. to act like that. Yeah. I Which, like it. Now, yeah. I feel like the, what's it called? The Vikdom. One mm-hmm. of the bike doms, I thought that was so fucked up when she realized what was going on with Homeboy, and she actually felt sorry for the orcs. I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that, too. It's, I don't, I mean, I'm going to say this in the nicest way, like, the end, uh, the, like, the, the non-Earth um, primary humans are, as far as, like, my personal uh, feelings about them, are all hit or miss, because some of them are insane like and then the main character is kind of like a, a sociopath, but the yeah. supporting characters from this other world in general, I I tend to to gravitate to them in these stories because <clears throat> they're always the ones operating with like full information, and so the decisions that they make and their reactions to things mm-hmm. typically are very human. Whereas like the main cast sometimes come off as psychopathic aliens in certain places. So like I agree with you that I I I vibe with a lot of the ones who survived this, yeah. this uh, arc. Yeah. Also, Homeboy is still... I, I feel like I say this every week. Homeboy's still acting like it's a fucking game. Yeah. Are we talking and about Tori? Like, where he, yeah, like... Tori. Like, they had multiple opportunities to kill that other motherfucker, and... Like, why was he yelling when he jumped? Like... Yeah, I noticed that, too. I was like, that's not a sneak attack, nigga. What are you doing? Ugh. Well, I mean, he's gonna learn his lesson in the worst possible way. I feel. Well, he's having too much. Too, I won't say like fun, but like, I don't know. He's weird. In the maybe was it this episode or the last episode where Yatsu has that like uh, internal monologue about what he really feels about Tori, and his conclusion is that even though he the guy is kind of a moron and a shitbag, it's because he can be so like open and earnest with his feelings that he got um Yachi's respect which is different than the other other members of the party which had more to do with like their either you know physical ability or their confidence or like other things that he envied he had they he had to work that hard to find something about um you for example to like envy and say all right I'm going to I'm going to put her life up there and try hard to like help her out and protect her I thought Tori yeah. and him were going to be more like rivals, but I think he kind of pulled the same trick. It's just like the fact this guy can be so direct with his feelings and emotions. Like, oh, that's something I want to do. My only issue, and I don't, this isn't like a criticism of the show. It's more like I want to see this character development, is that Yatsuya is able to at least externalize all of the things that make other people have value. So that's a long way from the beginning where he's like, oh, I hate all of human society, I hate the city, I hate all the people around me, so if something bad happens to him, fuck it, who cares? He He's externalized this stuff, but I was hoping he would have more, like, internal growth. Like, maybe he starts to become a different person a little faster, because that's what was teased at the beginning um, when they return, and he, uh, you know, has some moments, but it's not there yet, so I want to know what it's going to take to kind of get him to wake the fuck up about himself. Oh. I don't know. I don't know what it'll take. It clearly wasn't like having everyone die in a horrible volcano and murdering children and like whatever. It wasn't that, so we'll see. 
Also, he be bagging girls now. Oh, well, I already spoke about that. I mean, yeah. yeah, it was it was cute. I eventually I was just like, well, you're gonna lose your virginity in this world and like have some kids. I really feel like babies are probably gonna be part of this shit eventually. I wouldn't be shocked if, especially with Tori, if like, he got he's so carefree, if he got busy and they came back and he's like dealing with his own. Teenager. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting him to come back and the kid basically being like, so you disappeared. That would be wild. Like, yeah. And the kid like has some like regenerating fucking power, but it isn't immortal because. Oh, shit. What if, yeah. What if he was, he just had like the regeneration part, but nothing else. So like he's just dying all these horrible deaths and can't die. (laughs) It's just the worst. Yeah. Yeah. That's a much darker re- show. <laughs> re- resentful, completely resentful. Yeah, yeah. There were no, there were no standouts in this episode besides um, the Yatia monologue, Tori, sort of the, the fight with Raj. We did get at the at the end the introduction to whomever that really powerful wizard woman who just murdered Raj and the yeah, dragon. This so- one shot at him. That wasn't the same girl as last season that saved no, homegirl. It is okay. definitely not. Well, yeah, character. fucking put a hole through them motherfuckers. Yeah. So I'm. I mean, I'm curious. We. I mean, also we got swerved on. Um. One. What was the guy in the blue and the white? We thought he died. I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, so they also off screen that shit completely. They did. They did. So you know, I'm. Still very curious about what is the end goal here because every mission. Go ahead. Oh well, I honestly thought that the um, what's what the fuck is it? The game master. Yes. Was like fiddling with shit, but now I'm like, wait, it's definitely not the game master. So is the game master monitoring that world and putting them in positions to save those people because he sees that like. Those people would not be able to realistically deal whatever with whatever threat it is. I mean, maybe I. I also get the feeling that the game masters don't really give a shit. You know what I mean? Mm. Like they, like all of them. I mean, at no point did they say, "Oh, if you fail this mission, something bad happens to the world." It's just if you fail this mission, you die and your world gets fucked. So I don't know if they actually care about this alternate Earth all that much, since they seem to be perfectly willing to let the main characters run around and do whatever they want to do. There's, like, no penalty for them, I don't think, for just, like, killing random people or just fucking everything up other than them failing their mission. It's not like they're like, oh, we have to make sure this world doesn't fall to darkness. I don't give a shit. Or at least maybe I I don't think they do. (laughs) Yeah, they will. No, they definitely don't because there were shit tons of wars while they were gone. Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. So, (laughs) they don't give a fuck about them. Yeah. So I thought that was a fine episode, but it's story heavy, and they, we had to finish this little arc, and they got it done. They're like, "All right, dude, we're, uh, all the orcs are dead, and we got rid of the dragon guy. Circles are gone. Let's do the little, um, uh, whatever it is, the festival or the ritual." The dom. Yep. Yeah. And then get these motherfuckers out of here. And we I was won't surprised they didn't have no problem with the buffo dying. I was like. I thought those motherfuckers would have been killed in lava or some shit. That's what, yeah, I would have thought so as well. I mean, they did kind of point out that most of the damage was to the part of their town that they built close to the shore that the air quotes weren't supposed to. By the way, so that's two shows that we're watching where a major, or not major, a minor 
plot point was around uh, earthquakes and volcanic activity and tsunamis. And, like, ancient warnings not to do something. Oh, yeah, because they had, like, the simultaneous tsunami along with the fucking, yeah. Yeah. Well. Tell you, man, Japanese culture is what it is. Yeah. Um, Okay. So, I guess keeping that theme, um, I don't know if you watched Tsukamichi this week, but it was kind of a swerve. Oh, I did. A positive swerve. So, we, you know, we learned a little bit more about, like, what's the real motivation for the... Uh, what's the name of that company? The trading company? The uh, Rembrandt? Yeah, the Rembrandt company. And it's more wholesome. It's like, just trying to save a sick family members. But they use that, like, that that quick resolution um, potentially to set up whatever the real conflict is, which is some other group versus the Rembrandt company, which is teased yeah. at the very end of the episode. Yeah. And then besides that, I think that there was... um. You know, we spend a lot of time with the pocket plane and their shenanigans. <laughs> I thought it was wholesome as fuck that the the servants were extremely excited. Yes. So they're good about people. About the Rembrandt. Yeah, they've got to be good people. And uh, the other company was just whatever. I, I also thought the the gag that the world's math level is like elementary school level. <laughs> I cackled. That <laughs> took me out. They were so cocky about that shit. And he was like, I want to take the test right now. Right now. Right. Normally, the way that gag is set up is that the main character is a loser because they're, like, really good at school. And now you're in a world where, like, it's all about, you know, physical ability and fighting and all this other bullshit. And they finally get a situation where they can use their nerdy school pursuits to actually succeed at something. And, like, that's the joke. Whereas, like, here, the joke is that these people are morons. And that even, like, a small a small child in the Korean school system would seem like a genius to these yes. individuals. Because their math and overall learning level is so pathetically low. And that's, by the way, why a lot of the humor of this uh, series works out so much better than in other series, at least for me, where it either feels forced or it's just it's just very specific to... Um, culture that is that I don't share because this the punchline has nothing to do with the lead being uh strong in some in some way it's all to do it's at the expense of actual silly stupid people which is something everybody can laugh at so I I cackled also at that as well because I kind of got the feeling I was like either he's gonna fail immediately because it's so hard and he was overly confident or he was gonna, you know, ace it. But the fact that he aced it not because he was a genius. He, you remember he bragged about it? he's like, oh, I was very good in school. But then he's he's yes. disappointed because he's like, actually, this is this is so low level. Like that was funny. That was legit funny. Yeah, and also I liked that they basically he just like overcame the test super fucking easily. He would have been able to find those materials, I'm pretty sure. But when they, as soon as they said of equal value, I was like, I'm pretty sure he's going to use all that shit from the quest. Yeah. Or just like their trip. So that was fun. And uh, he's still in contact with those people that he did that trip with. And I'm like, all those people are going to be important. And I loved 
I love the um the way that they're gonna like start selling the mist areas goods mm-hmm. by like letting random people walk in there and come back with it to slowly introduce the other world to those goods. I was like, oh man! I was like, it gave me realist hero vibes. Yeah, it was good. It was like there's a. I feel like this whole series, um, Sukumichi kind of has like little elements from other popular established stuff in the genre of like you know isekai or isekai adjacent stories but none of them are obnoxious and none of them are like it doesn't take the it doesn't take the approach of like turning something up to 11 in order to differentiate itself it takes the approach of like oh this was a fun aspect of another story let's see if we can bring in just enough of it to like allow you to to be fresh at any time oh the adventure stuff is getting a little Long in the tooth. Let's go to the city building. Oh, the city building stuff is is getting a little boring. Oh, let's get some comedy. Let's get some like, um, you know, uh, rom com bits here. Let's like, you know, like it just moves around, and none of the elements really clash with each other. At least they haven't so far. So that's why I enjoy each episode because they're a little, they're all a little bit different. You know, yeah. the comedy comes from a slightly different place, or the scenario is a little bit like off the beaten path of what you would expect it to be. So, you know, I don't think, a lot, as, as you point out, I don't think, like, a, a ton happened. We just learned a lot about different characters, and we got more gags, which were also good. But I, I, it looks like things are going to kind of take a turn next episode. I don't know if this group that's going after Rembrandt are going to be big bads, or are they really going to be played more for, you know, I don't want to say a joke, but... Because the, the, the character designs don't scream out at me like evil bad guys. They, they don't scream out um, capable. Right, yeah. These are not going to be a threat. These are going to be people who probably have some misunderstanding. And they have to get thrashed in order to understand what's really happening. Agreed. And hopefully they don't destroy half the town. Well, that may just be a fact of life. Yeah. I would, I would kind of actually like them to destroy half the town so they have to flee again. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, that would just be funny. Uh yeah, what what else? What else do we watch this week? Uh, I mean, there's Tokyo Revengers and Vanitas. Oh well, those are two very different on very different spectra this week. Oh my god! Okay, so Vanitas is my most recent one. That shit was so horny this Yo, week. Oh yeah. Oh my god! I was like, bruh, this literally like we're missing like a few frames of hentai. Like, we could really go there if y'all wanted to. If you wanted and to. Someone actually commented on my channel and they said that, like, they enjoy this because, like, they have the wherewithal to get this kind of stuff in there and have it, like, you know, sit, like, you know, actually aired when you get, like, these, like, weird feelings. But it's not porn. No. It's not porn. It's more it's mature just- than that. It is. It's definitely more mature. And it's like, it's sensual. And like, there's a shit ton of sexual tension. And like, when that nigga licked his lips, I yelled. I was like, <laughs> this is some freaky <laughs> shit. Oh my God. Yeah, they, they deal, I think, a little more uh, playfully with things like Eros and the actual like romanticism of some of these characters. And I don't just mean like, you know, relationship romanticism, but also their relation with the world and the, you know, whatever. Because, for example, like, Noe's character, even from the beginning, is portrayed as being very naive 
and having yes. he, despite the background that we know he has now like that he is what i would call a classical romantic you know he has he has very ideologically driven views about the way the world works the way people act and think motivations and then his own sort of self-righteousness and his own beliefs and then slowly over the course of you know the episodes that we've had various parts of that are challenged and then once we learn about his backstory and relationship with um his teacher uh uh domi and lewis in the in his past you can sort of see like a it's not it's too little to call it just romance but it is like his various romances across his own life and how he sees them versus how other people see them and that was kind of the trick of this episode is that it's kind of sort of from Noe's perspective everything that's happening even though there are scenes where he's obviously not present or doesn't know what's said or or thought about and that culminates in the, the dance scene at the end which is really more of like a metaphor for all these characters because you know, uh, Domi takes Jean, but it's not because she's interested in her. It's more that she, you know, it's a way to get away from and maybe play around with um, Noe, no who's being very uh, oblivious to well, her interest. Oh, well, he's definitely oblivious to her. Like, but then why you do the fucking like hand thing? I was like, oh, man, no. are you, you, do you know you're playing around with this girl's feelings like this or not? But the main thing it was the lead up to that shit on the roof where she was like, I don't know what I feel for for Bonnie for Jean um, yeah. in relation to Vanitas. And I was like, Are was you fucking scene. kidding me? I was like, Are y'all scene. are y'all kidding me right now? And then Domi like doing the a disbelief look and I was like, Y'all are not about to do some BL fucking bait, smack dab. I don't think that's what shit. that is. You know, when I was watching it, I, I know what you're talking about. I actually got the feeling that it was kind of the opposite. I mean, when we talk about things being more mature, I don't necessarily mean because they are the themes. I think it's also the way some of these questions are being approached. Like, no way legitimately doesn't really know the origin of a lot of the feelings that he has about a lot of things. You know, what, and that that's understandable, but at the same time, like I felt like it was that because they did the little gag where he was like the blood, the blood, and yeah. I was like, mm. so yeah, that makes sense. But I think that that was meant to be like misconstrued so that like you know the blood part could like land. Oh yeah, I, I see that. I, I see ma- that. Completely. I wasn't mad at that. I wasn't mad at that, but I was just like. Oh, this is very on brand with what people have definitely said about the show before it premiered. So it's like it's whatever. And then them dancing together, I was like, okay, this is this is y'all are giving a lot of people a lot of material. So yeah, it is and what it is. I, 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 that I, wasn't I, the highlight for me though. No, and but the, the the question that I would I would pose to you is that typically, and I don't because I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm, I I would assume that you put these elements in because they are kind of a tease to part of the fan base. But I also think that in a show where you have a lot of, you know, beautiful characters, you're going to obviously, whether you intend to or not, create scenarios that might be interesting to folks who are into like either BL or they want to do you know, ship various characters around doesn't really matter what their gender or background is like they will yeah. do this but yeah, what i did yeah. what i but what i've noticed is that when it's 
obvious bait. It's not even played for a gag. It's more like an in, it's like inserted into a story. For example, you'll have a lot of like Shota Shota characters in manga and anime where canonically in the story they look like girls. And the implication from other female characters is that wouldn't it be great if, you know, you could dress up like a woman or if you, or when they see them close to another male character in the background, you'll have those like squeeing, squealing, you know, Fujoshi moment. But obviously the main, that character will define themselves and say like, I'm definitely a man or they'll be embarrassed because of the misunderstanding. And so there's a joke in there. But it's definitely something that's included as an insert for stirring up that kind of uh, uh, emotion in the audience or to appeal to a certain community. Whereas, like, I didn't, I didn't get that feeling here in this episode, regardless of whatever, you know, the proclivities of either No Way or Vanitas or any of these characters are. It felt a lot more genuine and earned that No Way, someone who we already know from the last few episodes is very, very confused about the way the world works and the way people work, and frankly, his own feelings and where they come from. Because if you want to ask me what the bigger bait was, it wasn't him dancing with Vanitas. It was all the pensive looks that he was giving Louis in his own, like, memories. Like, that, to me, is way more indicative of, you know, like, that kind of a background and that kind of interest, um, you know, romantically or in personal relation than this. This felt more like they were just comfortable acting and being the way they were. And then the little gag about his blood being very sweet was more to, as a tease, like a for, almost a fourth wall wink to tease Domi than to say anything about what Noe was really feeling about Vitas. They just, they just worded it in a way that, uh, you know, let the audience do with that what they wanted for a good three minutes. But... And it was a really good, I like that conversation that he and Vanitas had at the actual dance because Vanitas was not, was not presented as someone who has all the answers. He's really saying, or at least my takeaway was, um, I don't necessarily understand what love is, but I define it for myself in this very specific way. Some of it is physical, but frankly, I'm just a go with the flow kind of character or person. So that's what yeah. it means to me. This is, may not help you at all. Because you're going to have to make your own definition and be comfortable with that. Which is a very mature way of thinking about any kind of relationship or feeling that anybody has. And it's very self-deterministic. So I appreciated that conversation just on its own. Now if that you know makes people think that uh, there's a possibility that there's a romantic interest between Noah and, and Vaitas, it's fine. I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't feel like that's what they were hedging towards, but... I buy it if it happened or there was more evidence. Okay. I mean, yeah, that makes sense too. But yeah, it was a good episode. Um, also, Luke, the, the foil for all this was Lucas, right? Because he, he is definitely infatuated with Gene, but oh, he's yeah, too he, young and he's, so, he's sort of in the corner at the end just watching everybody. He wants to hurry up and grow up. Which is cute. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he didn't really give a fuck. All he cares about is just, like, Vanitas not really being around Gene. And right. that's, that's fucking over now. Like, yeah. They didn't really explain the marking and, like, whether... Um, but I, so what I surmised is that because Gene marked Vanitas, no one else can drink from him. Maybe. 
Or maybe it's like it's just less um whatever the whatever the enticing active part of the blood that gets them all hot and bothered is just less uh enjoyable for them. I don't know. Mm, yeah. But it also said he gave some powers as well, right? The genes some of her ability now is transferred onto him. Yeah, so that's yeah, also yeah, yeah. Okay, so Tokyo Revengers. Yo, this fucking episode. <laughs> is this like, how many people got punched in the face in this episode? Is it like 20, oh, 30? Oh my god, I have no idea. Dudes are getting completely destroyed. So the battle is, is, is on. Um, I think the goal is to make sure that Mikey doesn't kill Kazutora, but Takamichi doesn't do... It doesn't, doesn't seem do like Takamichi could do anything. He's not do, right, he doesn't seem to have achieved any part of the goal of keeping them separated from each other. He's uh, watching shit play out like he did last time with Kiyomasa. Right. And Baji has disappeared into the smoke, so who knows where, where he is right now. Also, and, where's Kisaki? Right, we don't know where Kisaki's at. It just seems like shit has just had. Well, Takamichi, in his defense, got his ass fucking whooped quickly. And <laughs> my thing is, like, bitch, where's the bravado from when you fought Kiyomasa? Well, I think I know you got uh, it. He he I had a one on one opportunity, I guess, sort of, kind of there. This time, it was almost immediate. Like someone just showed up. He's like, oh, and then he just got his ass whooped and dragged, like, literally dragged across the ground. So I think his shit just just that whatever plan was there, that plan disappeared, you know, yeah. the moment he yeah. got punched in the face. And now he just doesn't know where anyone is. And then Mikey's out here like first, I, you know, you look at it like, oh, he's going to stay separate from everybody and you'll have like a showdown and maybe that will get interrupted. Nope, 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 nope. He's jumped right in. He's beaten niggas asses. And then he gets like clocked. In the back of the head with like a, a a metal pipe, which the only thing I'm like uh, that I, I I won't say it annoyed me, but it's just funny. Is like his whole demeanor is nobody can beat Mikey. Fine, that didn't happen in this episode. Someone hit him in the back of the head with a metal pipe, and then with they're all like, and they were pipe. like, oh, Mike said so Mikey got beaten. Like, no, he didn't. If I get sucker punched in the back of my head with a with like a bat, like that's not me getting beaten. That's somebody sucker punching me. It's not like I straight up said, "All right, your bat versus my fist," and then I lost. That's a that's a real fight. Just getting jumped is not the same thing. I don't know why they reacted like it was the end of the world. Just go get your nigga and keep fighting. He'll come back. So Ta- Takamichi gets gets his ass whipped. Every there's a there's a good fight between um, Hanma and Draken, which yo they, did yeah. the when Draken landed that punch. Hanma's like arm like lagged behind his body. <laughs> I was like, yo, nigga, you just got fucking just oh. But also Draken had a lot of fucking high points in the episode. Yeah, he was like, like he, the whole middle, I think, of the episode is like him fighting off various people. Or I think yeah. in the beginning well, the beginning he was like he just was trucking like dozens of people. <laughs> and then he had his sort of by himself. By himself, and there were there were the other captains were doing shit too, but I guess like they were overwhelmed, and then uh, of course the Valhalla people were definitely like, "We're here to kill you niggas," like mm-hmm. period, like we're here to kill niggas. And 
I when he I all I honestly thought we were gonna see the first death with that guy kicking that guy's face in. Right. So right, like right. Draken not being able to save them. I really thought that that was gonna happen, and I was gonna be like, well, I guess they really die. But Kazutora and his whole like hero complex shit, and I'm like, bitch, you have trauma from your fucking domestic abuse parents. Yeah, he Are almost had father. another mind break in this episode. Yes, like mid battle, and it's kind of like, you know, I I don't know what it is as far as like therapy over there, but maybe if you had just talked to your friends about it a little bit, you mm-hmm. wouldn't be where you're at right now. And that nigga just like he's just I I feel like Mikey was trying to give him another chance by talking. I mean, to he him. would have, I guess, if he didn't get his brains bashed in. But yeah, the whole the metal pipe and I knew the junkyard was a horrible idea the moment that I saw it because I was like, someone's gonna pick up some metal and like stab or fuck someone up. I thought those two guys that Mikey was fighting, the other captains, I thought them niggas was gonna fall from the top of the pile and get fucked. But they didn't. Yeah, yeah. So those there was a lot of thorough beatings. To be handed out in this episode. If, if you look about like the way Takamichi's face looked at the end. Where he, yes. he he's already swollen up. One eye closed up. Could barely. He was screaming. What was that scene where he's like swinging his arms. And just like moving forward. Like you can't even see anything. Like it's. They don't skimp on making this man pathetic as fuck. The, the arms flailing and that shit. Like I know that this is going to be very important for him. Like whenever you know. He brings up becoming the leader again because they needed that morale boost. But at the same time, I was like, nigga, you look so pitiful. Like, you look so pitiful. Like, I just, it's it's kind of hard to watch sometimes. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. But the upside is that we kind of now see, um, I don't want to say like plot wise, but emotionally, this next episode is all going to be about grit. And oh, Mikey's going to beat his ass. The fact that he knocked him out with one kick while he had a fucking human body. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> on Yo, his leg. I would quit being a, a thug if I got done up like that. I'm just, oh, yeah. you know what was real confusing to me? That homeboy that Kazutora fucking punched out at the beginning of the match was just sitting there watching the shit. Yeah. And, and I'm like, aren't you supposed to be refereeing? Aren't you supposed to be preventing kind of shit like this? Like, how far are y'all willing to let the shit go? And also, shouldn't you be trying to get Kazutora's ass because he just fucking like went in on you? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it was a lot. I mean, it was a very combat-heavy episode. Um, We don't yet know what Kisaki's plan is, especially given the fact that um, you know. He orchestrated all of this yes. for a reason. I mean, the goal here is so to... So maybe is, Baji is, like, following him mm-hmm. around or some shit. Or maybe those two are fighting. Right. So but there's a lot more to there's a lot more to go. Obviously, if in the first episode, people are getting beaten half to death, the head's kicked off. Uh, I'm not going to spoil anything, but yeah. some some hot shit. I liked, I liked a lot of the um, the animation that they did do. Like, it was still, like... Some still shots. So we actually got some fighting. That's what I wanted to see. You know, you can have all these talk no jutsu segments, but at some point people got to put hands and fists to faces, and that's what they were doing here. So I was I was thoroughly entertained. Is that it? Is that is that our is that our reviews? I think that is it. Yeah. 
you know, t- talked about Edenton. Um, I feel like there's something nagging me, but I can't put my finger on it. So if it's not important, then I would remember it. Um, okay. Agreed. So we can transition to what will probably be the first of a couple of um, segments that we do over time. Uh, as I've mentioned more than once in the last, I want to say like four months, that I've been really, yeah. really getting into um, Manwa. And just as a as a disclaimer, I mostly focus on like the action, adventure, martial arts, isekai, shonen space there manwa is just as broad and just as as vibrant as um manga and comics are i mean there's like romance and sports and all sorts of other stuff out there but but one of the things that i always i always have this feeling especially when i was deeply reading a lot of manga and comics is that while there's tons of stuff i have never found or not seen yet and discovery is an issue i always get that feeling once i've kind of found my groove that man, it would be nice to know what else is out there, and if I could find like an avenue for discovering cool stuff that I probably never would have thought about, then I would, I want to take it when I have the chance to take it. And so that's sort of what motivated me to start looking at Manwa more seriously, especially because I had such a good uh, impression left from sort of the OG top five is in like the shonen space. So if you go back maybe about ten or twelve years, I think the first big Manwa that really got my attention was The Breaker, um, which was a martial arts, um, sort of supernatural, sort of martial arts story. And this is before Webtoon. So it was Manwa, but it was just drawn in a um, similar way to like your typical black and white manga. Uh, And there were a couple others that I read at the time that were to me very influential, but then I kind of went away from it because I didn't know the right places to look to get good recommendations um, and came back after sort of the Webtoon phenomena. And one of the big names that really sucked me in was Tower of God. Actually, I, I, I read God of High School before I read Tower of God, but Tower of God was the oh, first one oh, that I really? read that I felt. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I, I read it first because it was more colorful. And I got sucked into it because I really felt a lot of like the DBZ vibe to what was going on as far as like, you know, the leveling and the powers. And it was cool. And I still think that God of High School was done very few favors by the rushed nature of its um, animated adaptation. But I didn't, and I'm going to say again, I did not hate God of High School when it was airing. And I don't hate it now. I just think that it was a lost opportunity to be a lot better. You know, a 7 out of 10 compared to what could have been a 10 out of 10. Because it had all the right ingredients. But it was just yeah, too too rushed. The pacing was, yeah, wild. Yeah, the, the I totally agree. But I but I read Tower of God and had caught up to it um, at the time, well before the Crunchyroll original status was announced. And it was one of those series that I was... I was convinced even at the, the early point in the story that I had kind of got, I think around like um, the end of, of season two that of the, of the webtoon, but I was convinced at that point that this was a, not just a good or great series, but that this was a classic and that um, when people got around to finding it, they would discover that there's a depth in the in Manwa that is overlooked in the West. So obviously it got animated and I think a lot of people are more aware of it now. 
And there's a couple others that I'm just going to mention in passing that that are very well known. Um, no Bless had a really strong fan base. Even pro- I, the funny part is that I'd I had heard about No Bless before I even heard about God of High School Tower of God. I was never interested. But like all of the vampire stuff, yeah, and like, how did that anime you know, go? Because I definitely did not watch any more of Noblesse. Yeah, and I didn't watch it either. And I and I only read what would probably be like the the first two arcs of the story, and I was done. I wasn't did not interest me. Um, oh. But that said, the, those the Tower of God, God of High School, and Noblesse um, had been around for a while. I think uh, maybe about seven years, eight years. Something to that effect. Yeah. Depending on yeah. which one we're talking about. I know that um the that uh God of High School in particular is maybe going on a almost a decade or more. Um but the real big one that's more recent that has not gotten an adaptation, but that a lot of people talk about was solo leveling. And I had actually held off on reading solo leveling for a while just because I assumed it was from the description of what it was, it felt very much um uh, generic. I'll be honest with you. When I I saw the script, so I just didn't read really? it. Really? Yeah. I, people like they they love that. Shit. Oh yeah, people were gushing over. It, but I'm talking about uh, what my view was of their review, not of having looked at it and had an opinion about it. But when I uh. but I would say that solo leveling is sort of this. Um, I'll, I'm gonna draw a line before and after its release because I think at this point it's about four years old, somewhere three or four years old, and it to me represents in within manwa this sort of dividing line between like the old style and the new style um and soul leveling is really good so i will say that right away i'm caught up to it i've been caught up to it for a while and i it's one of the things i, I look forward to week to week but it's it's quite good quite fun and frankly i'm surprised <clears throat> that we haven't had an announcement for a um animated project on it i think it's it's perfectly this would be the perfect thing for a Netflix or an Amazon um, to co-fund, you know, Crunchyroll, I'm, you know, kind of done really? with them. Their whole pipeline seems to be broken. But like this is this is an ideal, you know, property to get on. But I wonder if it's not too expensive for like a, a Netflix to want to fuck around with, given its level of popularity. But whatever. So if I if I take Stuff that's around three or four years old and cast forward. Most of what I'm going to talk about today are things that, uh, webtoons in particular, that were, um, became popular or at least started their development around the time of solo leveling and, and, and on. And there's a few names that I think kind of fall into similar buckets of their, their returner stories, but not necessarily isekai stories, which are very, very popular. I would say that if you look at those, ones I just listed, Tower of God is very unique in what its storytelling is and what its themes are. Um, God of High School is really more like a takeoff on Journey to the West and sprinkle in all of the big hits in Shonen, you know, Dragon Ball and um, other things, some Hunter Hunter. But you sprinkle that in and you kind of get where that story's flavor is. No Bless is a long history of like vampire action um stories blood blood sea and other kind of stuff like it has its own lane but the isekai genre the trapped in the game genre the returner stories and the um cultivator type martial arts stories that's really what i wanted to look at and then along the way i picked up some horror and some other stuff so the three 
manual I guess we both have looked into this week um, is Triple S Suicide Hero, um, Her Summon, and Leviathan. And to me, the, that those three stand out as far as like newer series that have come out in the last, at least the last like three or four years that all kind of do something similar to the classics in the shonen genre, but then kind of get off the beaten path. So I don't. You said you've you've caught up with Suicide Hero because it's not that long. Yeah, it's not that much. I almost yeah, it's only four four. So I got to. I don't know if it's the most recent arc or whatever, but I'm pretty deep in it now. Like shit's hitting the fan constantly, like non stop. Like it's definitely not like the prologue beginner stuff anymore. I'm at the part they're on floor. I'm at the part where they're. Is it 11 or 12? I'm on the quest for them to do 11 to get to 12. It's the one where, like, it's supposed to be the rain, the, like, the demon rain shit. And then he, you know, does what he does. And then he confronts the actual, oh, I'm in the middle of the Demon King's storyline. Yeah, which is an interesting one. So I want to, I'll go back and I'll give a, a, a brief overview of, Triple S suicide here. So the the concept behind this is it's it is a um, you know the Tower of Trials style storyline, which I actually think was influenced by Tower of God, but it actually goes back further. There's a long history within um, uh, manga, and then prior to that, sort of classical storytelling of like the Tower of Babel, but like these sorts of like oh we a tower appeared and people are tested and. They get special powers. Like, that's a very... If you start reading a lot of manhwa or manga, you find this theme all over the place. What Triple S Suicide Hero does a little differently is that the... Obviously, the, the main character is a loser, um, but they accidentally yes. gain um, the ability to uh, randomly choose a ability of someone or something that kills them. And so, in the very beginning, the main character, Kim Gongja, is uh, murdered by a sociopathic... Um, hero and is able to steal one of his abilities but it's the ability to rewind 24 hours when he is killed and then combined with his ability to you get the uh to steal or copy the ability of someone who kills him now he and i don't want to give away the the hook because it happens very early in the series but he makes interesting use of that ability to die and return a day early to exact both the revenge but also pull off uh plans and certain types of growth that would only be possible by, you know, hard working hard into the future, but it has its consequences. Uh, and it was one of those series where if you look at the art style, and I know Jordan that you haven't had a chance to read quite broadly, but you'll note that it initially looks like a lot of other manhwa. Um, and it's designed, but I do enjoy it. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, when I say that, I mean that just at first glance, that it has this aesthetic that a lot of other manhwa and webtoons have gotten. And part of that is because, unlike in um, uh, manga, where you have these like very small teams that are usually working on series, you have like a, usually if, if, the, if the author is not a, the artist, then you have like a, a, a writer, an artist, and that artist then has some uh, assistance, and there's like a, a producer. So you may be looking at teams anywhere from like four to seven people who are working on full-time on the stuff that you like, whether it's One Piece, whether it's, you know, anything. In Manwa, especially Webtoons, it's become a a lot more corporatized. So there are companies that 
specialize in taking stories, a lot of them are light, based on light novels, and uh, uh-huh. turning them into comic form, webtoon form. And so that's why a lot of these series wind up looking very similar, because in fact, it's a large group of artists that are just churning out um, chapter after chapter after chapter of dozens of Underneath series. Underneath company. Yeah, at the same time. But, uh, oh. but I will say that you can always tell when there's some authorship with the production and i would say that triple s suicide hero very quickly takes advantage of that where it does it it starts out and maybe it hooks people by looking familiar but then it does more and more and more i think interesting things with its art and design until you know especially in the later chapters um we're around chapter 40 45 i don't know what the quite the latest one is uh, but yeah, it it, it definitely starts yeah. to have its own vibe, its own feel, its own style. It does a lot of really cool things with lighting um, and uh, varied environments. And once, so anyway, once the story gets going, it's all about climbing the tower. But because he can die, he also has the ability to try things multiple times and try things different ways. I think one of my favorite bits Which was also did yeah, he get lucky in the yeah. beginning? Yep, he got he got lucky by picking a homeboy's like skill blah, blah blah because his skill that the tower gave him does not allow him to reincarnate that is correct so he got real lucky by being killed by that guy first yeah so i thought that was really and and at that point obviously plot armor is a thing in all storytelling but the way that oh, this yeah, series kind of gets around it is by setting up scenarios where character can do something in this case it's in the title you know allow himself to die or die purposefully in order to learn more and strategize and try different ways forward but it has definite costs i think my favorite was very early on when he runs into the sword saint character who immediately kills him like takes one look at him and you're like well why did that happen and it's like well because that guy can see how many people you've murdered, and yeah. it looks like you yeah. killed thousands. <laughs> and I was like, "That's a <laughs> yeah, that, that would be kind of a thing." So, I I really liked. I chose this one as an example because you, when you go out and you start reading a lot of manhwa, you do see a lot of repetition of theme. And I wanted to see if I could find something that was like on the newer side of things that was taking what by now are very standard tropes from the Returner style of sort of revenge manga or manhwa and doing something interesting that felt fresh. Because I'll be straight up, I think I've read to completion, or at least whatever is the, the latest, about 50, 50 to 60 series. So in a very short period of time. So I'm very familiar now with like the beats and the tropes and the character types to a point where like if something is not interesting, I get sick of it very quickly because obviously I've consumed so much in a short period of time. This one stuck out to me as something like, I want to keep following it. I just thought it was a good inclusion to give an idea of like what a bog standard um, look of a uh, webtoon series, especially of this type of story, would be like, but still be pretty good. Um, but the other two that I wanted to talk about, and I think it'll be, it'll lean more on her summon than on Leviathan is some of the stuff that Webtoons and Manwa are doing that I think make them very unique as far as, um, you know, comics and and Japanese-produced manga go. So um, 
I know that you read a little bit of her summon, but Jordan, I want to get your opinion as a new per- a person who sort of like went into it very blind. What was your experience, at least with the first chapters that you read about it? And I'll give a sort so, of overview. I'm about 20 something chapters in now. I have to say that the chapters are pretty long for that one, for one. So I'm enjoying that part, but also um, uh, it's a very like, icy hot series and when i say icy hot i mean uh, like there are some very like funny hilarious you know like action-packed moments and then there are the complete opposite moments like right afterwards and it it's it's kind of like chilling yes so uh, it's and uh, I oh you know what the, a, a great way to describe this is I go through so many emotions like I go through complete like cackling laughing like literally like laughing at my computer screen like out loud because the comedy is phenomenal it's fucking phenomenal in this fucking manhwa and then the next chapter I'm literally just like I feel so awkward like I feel awkward in my own skin and I'm not even this fucking character like what is uh, uh, why like uh, like it's just so awkward and sad and then when you see the way that like the main character interacts with his own family like in the world compared to how he interacts with everyone in the isekai world it's like oh my god like this is literally so it's like Someone jerking you like inside of a sauna and then out of it, just like constantly. It's like you like that shit, but nah, get your ass back over here. You like, you like that, nah, get your ass over here. You got to you have to learn how to deal with both of them, which I think that is probably what the premise of the show is going to be. But I'm still very early on, and there's over like a hundred something chapters, so it could be anything. But I've gotten to the point where they've gone to the castle and shit like that and yeah. met the king and uh, and they've like seen are they he said some like off the cuff shit about the king and he was exactly dead on even though he was talking out of his ass. Yeah, can we also like put out that the king is a is is a negro? Yes. Oh my god. At first I a was black like, wow. man. I was I was a little annoyed with that because I was like, of course they're gonna make the king who's like flippant and has no power a fucking nigga. I was like, of course y'all gonna do that shit. And then after I found out what was going on, I was like, oh no, I fuck with that nigga. I fuck yeah, with he's that smart. Nigga. Yeah, that's the thing is that um, I think so. Before I read it, somebody had commented to me about you know things that I could read, and they mentioned that her summon the characters. The reason why I might enjoy it is that. The, all the characters start off immediately two-dimensional and then grow from there rather than being like one-dimensional and grow from mm. there. Um, and I think maybe I'll, I'll give a, a fast overview of the story. Where So the lead in this one is a, is a neat named Jin Kyung who basically, by virtue of making a terrible, um, a terrible pun uh, and his obvious like obsessive lifestyle around like idols and other things, but he does this in public, he's sort of ostracized and becomes a complete shut-in. And then is summoned to another world where his abilities are more or less whatever he can believe them to be. Um, they explain a little bit more about that later on, so it's not quite as overpowered as it comes off. But his persona in this other world is as this um, all-powerful, 
heroic spirit, but when he leaves and returns back to the real world or Earth or whatever you want to call it, he is still a loser. And not just like a very stereotypical... And I see this a lot in, in, in stories where like the character will be a loser, but they're a loser because like society is the problem. Whereas like yeah, a true yeah, yeah, a yeah. truer depiction is something like in this story where he is actually a problematic degenerate on top of being a neat and it's not cute. It's just self destructive or externally destructive. And it's Ooh, self destructive is a very good yeah. Yeah, and so those scenes when they're back in, on Earth and you're seeing Jin Kyung in his, you know, normal state, and he's struggling. Like, you know, one minute he can fly around and, and do whatever he wants, but when he's back on Earth, he immediately reverts back to a lot of his old behaviors and a lot of his, like, shut-in mentality. And it's a slow grind of growth in the real world, which is, again, something that I didn't appreciate until I got around um, halfway through. So this is around maybe, like, chapter 40 or 50, that this series earns a lot of its character moments the hard way it doesn't go the easy way of like oh i had this revelation when i was somewhere else and now i'm just i'm just automatically a better person because i can't tell you the number of series that i read where the character in the chapter one is a fucking loser and then like by the fifth chapter they are gorgeous they are ripped and in shape they have completely turned around their mindset and then the rest of the story is all about like them triumphing over the rest of the world in their new perfected form this is such a common thing both in manga and manga especially isekai um uh-huh. you know that happens all the time here jin kyung struggles with getting a package from the front door of his house and the way that that scenario plays out is just as nerve-wracking and as you know laden with like paranoia and and insanity as the fights that he has against these gigantic, you know, uh, uh, building-sized demons. Where, like, you know, it, it, he, he, he's so full of anxiety. He's, like, crawling his way towards a doorknob and checking outside. And, da, da, da. and it's, it's not anything that you would sort of want to portray your heroic characters going through. But they do such a good job that when he's able to get the box out, I felt just as good as when he blew a hole through a mountain-sized demon, right? Like, that that's the trick that the story pulls off. And, oh, by the way, the art is phenomenal. It is absolutely phenomenal. And they, they keep you wanting more because when he goes back to mm-hmm. Earth, it's drab, it's almost black and white, it's like everything is desaturated. Yes, it's as if, like, the, yes. the real world is just, like, gr- this gray mess that everybody sucks Except for maybe his mom, but his mom's kind of an enabler too. Um, oh, she definitely is. Yeah, and that yeah, and you pointed out that home life is so toxic and horrible. But I will say that if you go forward, everybody gets more development, even his shitty ass father. Like I, I see where the dad is actually coming from a I, bit. That's the thing, even though like the I way it's portrayed feels very from. real. Like yeah, very 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 real. Like he's abusive I and he's see. yelling at him, but like he just doesn't know what to do. Exactly, like. I could understand him thinking that. I can see where he's coming from, like, you know, being disappointed in him. But also, it, I I get the hint that, like, he definitely cares, especially when he did the package thing. I was like, I didn't think he did the extra package thing to be antagonistic. I just thought he did it again to see, like, you know, 
well, can he keep doing it? Or like, you know, blah, blah, blah. So the mom is like, you know, stop pushing him. But I can understand the dad being like, if he can go get a package that he ordered himself, then, you know, like he can do other things. Like, you know, let's kick this shit into, into gear. Like, let's try to do, let's try to do something. Because right. if you can do it on your own, that means you can do it just like monotonously since you're going to be at the house. I understand that line of thinking, but the way that like he got came into his room when he was gone for like way too long and shit yeah. like that. And like customer, I was like, oh my God, I was like, this is just dreary. Like, oh, like it's literally like he's on top of the world, like being revered as this all powerful spirit. And then he has to come back to the human world to this shit. And it's just like, oh, this is shit. But you're right. He is a degenerate. He is still a degenerate. That fucking figurine. That oh, my God. I was going to talk about that. Where he goes on that rant about people who buy, like, figurines and how sick they are and how they spend too much money. And then, like, uh, he's looking at that one. And then it's like, oh, I bought it. <laughs> immediately, with his mom's credit card. Yes, with his mother. Yeah, that that scene, again, like, it doesn't paint him in a good light at no. all. Like, and he always goes to that forum yes. to try to get, like, people to piggyback. And them niggas are like, you're fucking ass. Like, fuck you. Like, da 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 Which I'm confused. Do they know who he is? Or is that just, like, a forum where everyone's just on everybody's ass? So I think, like, I mean, I, it's been a long time since I was a participant in, like, a internet forum. But, like, my, uh-huh. but my recollection is that the way that a lot of these, they're all communities. So, like, you have, like, regular posters and regulars who yeah, yeah, establish yeah, yeah. themselves who are known. They may not know who they are, but it's like, this person is a prolific poster of a certain type of thing. So, when you see their name, you kind of know them, but you know them in a very loose way. It's funny because, like, it used to be, like, BBS and forum culture was internet culture. And then it quickly changed from that to, like, chat rooms, where you kind of had the same thing. But remember, chat rooms, you know... You're not having, you're not reading long fucking wall scrolls of niggas, you know, deepest thoughts. It's just, you know, inner quick interaction, and then it all became social media and and not anonymized and like different. But like in, I know that in um, Japan, like Line, like the Line app, um, allows you to oh, that's create huge. these. Yeah, that, but in addition to like connecting to your friends, it also allows you to create pretty vibrant like chat rooms and forum type interactions. And so it made sense to me that like he'd be part of, like you know he's a he's a obsessive like idol guy and that was his thing and so he he's part of an internet community that they know him as an obsessive but they don't know that he's the guy uh who got um who made that that pedo joke and got banned. In fact like that's part of like the first few episodes is how he feels like everyone knows about his they know who he is personally. They know about the mistakes that he made. But the reason why he feels that way is that when he goes on online forums for like a couple of days, his real life name and picture were being mocked by all of the people that he was in this, this these communities with. And yeah. so he felt like everyone knew exactly what was going on. And even when he, in his anonymity, was trying to like, you know, goad people to go the other way, it still felt like a dog pile, even though no one knew it was him from real life posting that way which is a a surprisingly nuanced way of treating like your internet persona and your real world struggles because in a lot of other series it would have just been like one or the other 
or they would have been combined to make, you know, just to shortcut to why it is that he feels like everyone hates him. But we figure out pretty quickly that the world has moved on from it, but he hasn't. And he's just a loser online at this point when he's, um, you know, getting summoned. I did want to, like, yeah. talk. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, yeah, I agree. So, yeah, I did want to talk a little bit about I, the character I, um, in her summon. That's the rookie summoner who actually brings him in because I think she is what, like, a character that would normally be very underwritten or would be more of a, like, a, a maybe a, a meme across the series. But in her summon, I mean, remember the POV, half of it is hers. I mean, we spend long bits, especially in the beginning, where it's just what's going on in her life completely free of Jin Kyung. He has no idea because, like, you know, she's uh, she summons him initially. But then, like, after that, he's gone and she's just living a horrible life, basically getting enslaved by this, like, by that uh, fucking noble family Earl. and this uh, oh, former classmate who, who was taking advantage of her. The and Earl. I, yeah, oh. I think. What was her name? Was it? um Cause she, cause I thought she would, that other woman was gonna be like Elena a main, or something. Yeah, I think ah, her name. Oh, Alara, Alara, that was her name. Alara. Okay. Yeah, I thought she was gonna be like you know all over the story, but it was she her main role is in this first arc, for the most part. Um, yeah, it seems like after they went to the castle, she just didn't show up anymore. Yeah. Now, first of all, her outfits in the first like fifteen episodes are crazy. <laughs> They are, oh my god the boobs yeah her outfits are when she was crazy. sitting I was when was she sitting in the in the doorway and like one boob was like flopped up and the other mm. one was I was like oh my god okay yeah. this is so intentional yeah but uh, but in a for a good reason I think um they she's sort of written out of the the story for the most part I mean she shows up here or there but like I was worried I'm like okay what kind of series is going to be cuz like they're doing a good job with like being adults <laughs> and now you've got this like you've got this clear like bait character who but her but some of her like outfits were fire so i'm just like that would be some club shit in atlanta if you went out but besides that like um the way she she's more of a stand-in for the the type of society that she and um and i live in and so hers is like the the privileged noble that's like her character, you know. She's, a, she's yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. a bitch. I mean, let's be very clear about that. But also lazy, but also like the kind of person who thinks that they're very powerful, but when push comes to shove, they don't want to get get that proven wrong. And that all culminates with her. Uh, I think her uncle, you know, because I didn't know in the beginning. I'm like, oh, okay, she's the eyes gonna get mistreated, and then like uh, Jin Kyung's gonna come and it's gonna like rescue them. But they spend a lot of time on like just the general. Um, degeneracy of of both Alara and her uncle to the point where like the, when he starts handing out the maid outfits and it's not because people normally wear this shit it's that he likes no. his girls to wear that and I'm like oh he's up. he's just he's just the the leveled up version of Jin Ki <laughs> which plays into the joke with the uh outfit uh that he brings back which that I thought fucking it broke bikini. me it broke I me I screamed that was the perfect panel transition. I screamed. It, it I, fucking broke me. I didn't it made see it coming. Sense. I didn't see it coming. <laughs> I was mad that it worked. I'm mad that like <laughs> his bullshit explanation to try to get I to wear it 
he was like, oh no, you know, if it, it, it's the most powerful armor, and you know, all the other ways like, there's it, it, it's skimpy because like the the more skimpy it is, the more powerful it is, or whatever. And then fast forward to the demon attack, and he leaves for a second, comes back, and that old nigga is wearing it, and I want to, I, I want to throw up immediately. Like, why do we have to see this? But it was a great joke. Um, at you know, again, the expense of both an asshole and Jin Kyung's perversion. And then, it, you know, was forgotten again to a big-ass fight. So, I don't want to, like, dwell too much more on it, but I think her summon is, like, both visually satisfying, deals with a lot of really cool and deep concepts as far as, like, uh, getting over mental trauma and, you know, your connection with the outside world and family and delusion and friendship and everything, but does it in a way that's everything kind of feels earned and you just get these absolutely amazing like panels of art that would be worth the price of admission even if the story sucked more than it does it does not suck so i really enjoy that one and i think i've talked about that before um but that's really more of your traditional isekai um he's just not trapped there and i guess the last one that i wanted to talk about and i don't know how much of this you actually read or if you just got to look at the art a little bit was leviathan I did look at the art for it a little bit, yeah. So, and it was super yeah. detailed. Yes, yes. It's super detailed. Because I really enjoyed her summons art because um, it was just gorgeous. Like, there's some really fucking gorgeous shots. Like, even the pan shots of, like, when he's doing the big battle against the Gria in yeah. the air. And, like, oh, my God, when he was like, okay, well, not anyways, I don't want to, if you guys want to watch it. But, like, I thought that that shit looked amazing in her summon. But just, like, looking at a few of the panels in, like, Leviathan, and I've just been, I haven't been reading it. I've just been, like, scrolling through in the chapters. But when they're in that ocean, I'm like, holy shit. Like, you can literally, like, scroll in and, like, you can just look at the finer details. Yeah, there's some really, so one thing that I've, learned as part of reading a lot of these um, webtoons and and or or if they're not webtoons they're just formatted stuff that's formatted for um for phones is how well they take advantage of vertical scrolling as a way to you know not just like oh it's just panels that are kind of shoved in a vertical format there are some series and i think i picked out at least two of them that that say no we're gonna use the action even of you scrolling down in order to visually tell more and more of a story and in leviathan i think one of the as you point out the standouts is when they start a gigantic art piece where you'll be like uh the the for the beginning of the panel you'll be at the the surface of the water and, and then you, as you scroll scary yes exactly yeah and like as you scroll down you get the feeling that you're going deeper underwater because mm-hmm. it's all one long panel that's giving you lots of detail from top to bottom and your eye is flowing down and as it's flowing down it's getting darker it's there's like more junk there's more you know garbage there's more and also the level of horror tends to increase the further down on the panel that your eye is following and there's um I'm going to make an, another recommendation the next time we come around and do something like this of another action series that takes excellent advantage of that vertical scrolling. But I, I'll point out that way back when we were talking about Tower of God and talking about um, God of High School, I made the same point that like it's cool to see something that's not formatted like a manga because it now opens up all of this creative space for how you can 
do visual storytelling. Like, not like a comic book and not like a manga, but something that exists for modern technology and modern viewing habits, right? I don't know, if, are, are you familiar with any like um, visual novels or anything like that? No, not really. Like American visual novels? Any visual novel, really. Oh, like Watchmen or something like that? No, 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 more like um, like Steins Gate or those like Game of Fire, oh, you know, the ones that are they're, oh, they're, like they're, light novels. Yeah, they're they're light novels, but they're but they're formatted for like um, like a computer. The like the for idea gaming? of oh, like yeah, yeah. And... yeah, 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 yeah. I'm so like the so like you have this technology that is able to give you both the you know hand like a drawn art panel, but then like reformat the way they do. Um, uh, the 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 talking and the visual effects and other things in order to like communicate a story in a that but it's for a modern technology. It's not locked onto a physical page of say a book or anything else. Like it just opens up space to do different things, to be more interactive, to use music possibly, or to use sound effects, or to use like screen shaking. I was reading um you know Apex, which is you know they 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 part of their free content is they do um visual novels or visual comics uh, but they deliver to them to you over time and so like let's say you hit left on your controller to go to the next page but you'll get like music plays then a sound effect cue then a screen shake then you get the actual panel of the comic book like the idea that you can do something like change the format and then tell a different type of story I really appreciate that about Leviathan because it felt like somewhere in between an American style or Western style comic and then a uh, more traditional webtoon or manhwa. And as you point out, like the art is really, really detailed in a in a way that is very unique. Um, but specifically, I think things like horror, which is what Leviathan falls into, it's like shonen horror. Um, it needs something that I didn't realize, like, I, I like, uh, uh, Junji Ito and some of the more, like, classical, like, horror manga, um, artists, because I think it's a lot about how they create atmosphere with black and white, um, like, traditional stuff, like, textures and other things, but I realize now, after reading, um, Leviathan and, uh, Sweet Home, which are two, Sweet Home more than Leviathan, because I think Sweet Home got a movie, it has a movie on Netflix, um, which I would advise people to check out. But um, both of them take advantage of like the Manwa webtoon format and and specifically like uh, color gradients to really have the art pop and stick out and tell way more of a story. So I'll just leave it there. I think Leviathan is really really cool and something that if you I would actually advise to read it on a phone or read it on a tablet. Um, you get something different out of that experience than just, uh, you know, more something that's formatted like a paper or printed um, manga. And th- I'm saying this as someone who, for at least like three or four years, had a w- would actually go and buy weekly translated Shonen Jump magazines. I still have a lot of them from when I was uh, 16 or 17. Oh, and I, damn. Yeah, yeah. Translated and untranslated. And I, because I want to know what the feeling was like to actually read some of these manga as like most of the, their intended audience would read it on a train, you know, with the physical copy of the book, that kind of thing. I, I wasn't a big fan of like Tonko Bond's 
like actually buying them until later on in my life. Also, I couldn't I couldn't afford them. Whereas, like, I could get I knew a place where where they actually imported um, Shonen Jump, and you know it wasn't in English at that time. Yeah, I was gonna say, but, was that in English yet? No, it wasn't. I I self taught and then took a couple of years of Japanese when I was in oh, high school. Oh, okay, okay. So like, I could read like sixty percent of it. That you know, if it wasn't in a uh, 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 Kana, like the, Ch- the 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 Chinese, the adopted Chinese characters, I could I could read it, um, but yeah, so I had that memory. And the thing, the funny thing is, just aside, is like when you buy a Shonen Jump or at least the OG Shonen Jumps, you realize how they could pump out so many because they're printed on like really low quality paper, like thick like newspaper paper, and so each one would have like you know three you know, hundred like. 300 pages of stuff and they have to get everything in there so then once i started reading i'm like oh this is why this shit's so cutthroat because they're not gonna they don't have infinite paper to just like print anything the shit that goes in there has to hit otherwise it's gotta get out so that just as an aside i thought that was um it was a good experience but now i i prefer digital formats i think mon was like the premier of webtoons in particular like premier like digital first um like drawn entertainment and i really appreciate Having spent the time I did um, reading up, and we'll we'll come back to some other stuff later, maybe in other genres. Like um, I've been looking for a good romance series, so if anyone has like a recommendation, like I don't care about all these like frilly oh, romance manhwa. I know yeah. there are a few. There's one that actually I'll ask Jamin because there's one that got a um a Korean um a K drama like, like a, a live K-drama action recently. Oh, yeah. Okay. So there are definitely a few of those that are definitely popular. Yeah, I'm look, I'm looking for a good one just so that I have some um uh an anchor point to compare it against other things. Like it's not my favorite genre. I'm always looking for shonen first, but I think I've pretty much run down most of the big popular series that are still active and I'm sort of on the at this point on like sort of the second tier of that stuff and I'm like, "Okay, I think I I've, I've I've exhausted what I'm interested in for the moment, so I'm willing to go look in some of the other genres. So sports, I'd love to see some of that. Definitely want to look at at least one or two decent romance series and um, maybe supernatural or mystery stuff. I'm not really into the mystery um, stories in general. Like I don't like detective stories, but I just want to give it a shot. Since I've read a lot of like bad uh, detective de- stories, detective stuff that are like masquerading as like shonen, like they're just not interesting. Like there's one, um, I think, uh, mercenary of the black field or something that people are like, oh, it's got like military action, but it's also um, a returner story. And I'm like, uh, and then I'm reading it, I'm like, so basically it's just a bad murder mystery where the main character is now like a time traveling superhero. Like I don't care, no, stop it. Be one or the other. So I'm. I just want something that's good. Like I enjoyed Detective Conan, right? Like that. That's cool to me. So show me some shit like that. Show me some Lupin, like um, you know, thief stories that are charming and funny. So I'm willing to branch out, but I'm not gonna like read fifty of these motherfuckers to find a good one. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. Send some recommendations, because I mean, I'm gonna be working. I haven't even finished Tower of God yet, bro. Ugh. And or not if finished. You, I if you up. see the fuckery that's happening right now, yeah, 
I think I, think I, I lost where I was, so I'm gonna have to like go back through and experiment and basically be like, what do I remember with this, I, with this, uh, and with this, with this. I think for me, the latest chapter that I've seen, which I think is, it might be, is it 503? No, it's further along than that. Um, but whatever the latest chapter I've seen, the one that's uh, available on the services, yeah, I think it's 503, is setting up the f- the moment that I've been waiting for for like a hundred chapters. <laughs> And I'm like, really? how, did, how did these niggas do it again? Like, there was a similar thing. There's, there's, a, there's a few places in the series in Tower of God where, like, I was just amped. I need to get to that next chapter because it is going to happen. One was right after Rachel pushed Bam, like the chapter that comes after that. I was like, I need to know what the yeah. out, what the aftermath of this was. The next one was on the train, the early part of the train when um, uh, he meets the 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 rice cooker stuff where you know he's gonna get oh a power yeah, yeah, up, yeah 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 right uh, there's a couple others that I'm not gonna mention because I don't think you're that far yeah I'm not um, that far yet you're not that far there's a specific one uh, that's at the end of the um uh the stuff with Hell Joe that involves Rachel and that's all I'm going to say about that that there was a chapter where I'm like I need to know wh- how this went down and now. A hundred or hundred fifty chapters later, I'm at another one of those spots, and they have set up everything for this moment. I, and I you, need it. Everything they have set up. Every I mean, this goes back to the train. That's all I'm going to say. Some stuff that they set up oh. on the train is coming is coming to a, a a hard head right now. It may even be out. I don't even know, but like, I need it. I need it. There's no no questions asked. I just need right right away. Um, so Tower of God is still the OG OG. I mean, I, it's nothing like it really. Can't really think of anything I would compare it to. Tower of God doesn't feel like anything else. It's just sort of in its own ridiculous lane that is uh, never ceases to be less inventive than the last thing that it did. You know, there's more. By the way, there's like. It's funny because it's been 500 chapters. It's all been running almost 10 years. And they're still doing like games, like tower games that are actually really? cool. Yeah. They're still introducing like new and interesting and cool stuff. There's so like a whole... the core part of the series is still there. Yeah, 100%. I mean, there was a whole thing that was basically a game. I'll just call it a game of capitalism that was... At first, I'm like, what the fuck is this? And then they explained all the rules. I'm like, oh, this is cute. I I like this. I like what they did here. Um, but yeah, it's cool. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. This is not a full review of all Manwa. That is impossible. But there are just some things that you know we've talked about in the past. And now that both of us have um, taken a look at it, I think we can put more of a stamp on things that are worth uh, reading. I There is one that I just recently... I mentioned it because it, but it's so ridiculous. Um, uh, it's called Jungle Juice, which is like where all these other ones oh. were either like really serious or uh, had like a deeper premise and plot that would was a hook. Jungle Juice is, the, is like the silliest... Um, I don't even know what to call it. It's basically a horror series, but like if you look at the artwork of things in it, it's like uh 
I don't know how seriously to, to take shit. It's just fucking ridiculous and gross at the same time. It has what? like it the 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 basic premise is that like people start turning into like uh, animals and insects, and you know it's a world crisis and disaster. But the main character has some special abilities. But like if you read it, like all right, I'm gonna say this: I have a phobia. It's I don't know if it's a phobia, but like uh, I don't like insect human hybrids of things not because they look weird but because i think that like no 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 it's it's not like like i could read terraformers because when people were transforming it didn't look like any parts of them would have to hurt but like insect wings look so delicate that whenever i see like a main character that has like insect wings in particular and they have to like touch them or do anything with them i get like this I don't know, like a psychosomatic response, like it's it's got to be in permanent pain. And the main character in the series in that, the first chapter reveals that he has like insect wings, but has to bind them up to his body in order to not, um, you know, let regular people know that that he has this mutation. And it just like as soon as I saw him doing the body binding, my whole body hurt. I was like, oh, that's got to fucking suck. But I've been reading a little bit more of it, and it's a lot of fun. And um, there's some recap channels on YouTube that that uh, do sort of like live readings of the series, and um, like they, that's what got me into it because they're a lot of fun to like to follow along. Also, there's they 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 do a lot of like little gag panels here and there where they take regular animals and they'll use them as sort of like you know to explain something that's happening in the story. But they're actually like funny. Like there's a there's a panel where like uh, they're doing like the ugly duckling. And they yeah. actually, they actually, <laughs> the way they drew the two ducks is like this judgmental ass duck and then like the gray one. And I actually laughed because it, Aww. like they humanized it in a weird way. And then that would followed up by the main character trying to cut off his own wings with a pair of scissors. Oh which my God. Triggered my, triggered my phobia right back again. So, yeah. So that's, a, that's, that's really all I wanted to, to cover today. I don't know if you had some thoughts on overall what you read and how you felt about it being sort of um, more of a newcomer, but not completely. I mean, as show, or this type of uh, format. I mean, as far as like what I've read so far from just um, what's gonna call it, um, her summon and SSS. Because you know, I really enjoyed SSS, or not. I'm saying it as though it's over. Um, I'm really enjoying SSS. Um, it's just that I think compare, and I don't want to say this like in general, but like comparing it to like manga that i've read which i haven't read manga like recently in a minute like i usually just read like doujins and shit so like you know that that's just me for right now but as far as comparing it to like other like shonen entities i feel like things are definitely more well put together um and they're not they're actually a lot of it's way more mature i get way more mature vibes from all of this stuff than i do from like a lot of like the currently airing like you know big shit that's mm-hmm. hearing. And so that was just one thing that I actually enjoyed where I was like, oh, these aren't all like teenagers. These are actually like, you know, young adults are adults. They're just like going through shit, like rough shit. And they're mature themes galore. Um, uh, and I also really love the character diversity in SSS class. And uh, I haven't met that many characters yet in her summon. But even with just like the main two characters, I'm just like, this is, this is, 
it's making me feel feelings that usually would be like the climax of like one anime season and just like every like two or three chapters. Right. So, yeah. I mean, that's primarily what I took out of it. So I'd be taking breaks because I'm like, I don't know if I can deal with another flat um, human human fucking thing with your daddy, man. This is, <laughs> this is stressful, nigga. I'm sorry. I was like, I don't know if I can do another one of these. Yeah, or at they, least like for right now, I'll be like, you know, let me I'll pick back the pick back up tomorrow. But like, I also thought it was really funny, like that she's good at everything domestic, but not summoning. Yes, that's right. She's like, like why am I good at farming? Why? Why am I good at fishing? Like all this shit. Like the far her crops grow exponentially faster. I'm just like, okay, well, I feel like maybe this will be important. And also my one of my favorite things that happened in her summon so far was and i noticed it and i noticed it too is that when uh, they were talking about how like that big ass ship was moving and then how mm-hmm. like the castle town is like floating and she was mm-hmm. like well if all these things are using all the mana have y'all thought that like you know wizards fell out of popularity because literally like all these machines are using all of our world's mana and he was like, some things are better left unsaid. You don't say certain things around people. So I was like, oh, so you niggas know. Mm-hmm. They know. You, you know why, but you just don't want to handle it. You don't want to come up with a way. You're just going to be like, we're just going to get power from other worlds through their mana. So. Yeah. 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 No, it's a, there's that, some really cool stuff that they do with the, those concepts later on. Yeah. Really cool. So yeah, even with like just that being the setup for that, and I was like, this is gonna come back around and bite them in the ass. I was like, I know it is. How? I don't know. Am I in for it? Yes. Do I want to go back (laughs) to the real world? No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're in luck because he goes back less and less. But it's still but but it's but that is again related to things like the growth, you know, that the character goes through rather than just like, oh, this isn't as popular. So we shouldn't be doing it. Like a lot of this stuff is very earned and it's satisfying. Yeah. So I, I, and it, it, you know, I, I encourage people, if you are listening to this and you're on the fence and say, you know, I, I'm comfortable with whatever my media consumption is. Just think about adding a webtoon formatted series to your regular diet because it's, it's a good change of pace. And there's a lot of really, really good stuff that, is overlooked in some parts of, you know, the West um, that is worth your time. It's absolutely worth your time. I agree. So, yeah. At least check Uh out her summon. Oh, yeah, just the the art. I looked at some of those, and, like, I play a lot of, like, card games. um, But, like, if you ever played, like, Shadowverse or Magic the Gathering, like, the panels on this are... Like, I'm shocked they're able to have a regular release schedule that's these what are like i was looking paintings. at yes yes it's art like literal art like you could just take the panels and basically be like this is going to be my screensaver yeah, yes yeah yeah and as things scale up like they don't stay in the same environments it's not all the same like characters some of the the, the giant enemies get crazier and crazier um seriously <laughs> like it's it's worth just pulling some of those just to see what they they look like. They could be a background. I hadn't really thought about that. Maybe I will change my phone background or something to one of these. But like they're really cool. Yeah. Okay. Do you have um any specific recommendations for the week? 
No, not really. Go we, go read one of those things that we just talked about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, any one of those will probably do. Um, and then I saw on Sakugaboru some interesting stuff from Nighthead of all things. I'm not watching it right now, so I'm not recommending that necessarily oh. people go, go catch up with it. But um, some of the stuff I saw, I, I don't know, the right way to put this is when if you watch episode one or two and you get a feeling like this art style is capable of delivering like actual like really cool unique stuff and maybe they didn't what they showed you in the first couple episodes wasn't um uh, enough to have you come back some of the stuff i've seen posted from what look like the later the latest episodes is actually really cool looking so at some point um i may go back and watch a couple more episodes but i'm not i'm not recommending it we've already covered a bunch of stuff this episode but um you know it's on my radar again and I didn't hate the first bit that I saw. I just thought that there were other things that I was going to watch. So, yep, that's it for me. Okie doke. Yeah, that's it for me, too. So, if you have not already, make sure you're following us on social media, anime underscore savants on Twitter, and then anime regular savants on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. Yep, you can always hit me up at Neural Handshake on Twitter. Um, and I will not be doing any provocative bait posting for a while because uh, I got some responses that made me laugh. And I'm like, all right. I over, <laughs> wait, over something you said on here or just in general? Yeah, something I, something I said here. Oh, wow. They always be coming for you. I never get anyone in my fucking inbox. It wasn't. It was, it was, it was two people who I guess oh, unrelated, okay. to, unrelated to each other made the same comment which i thought was humorous i was not upset about anything it was just funny oh okay I'll, I'll tone it down <laughs> oh, was it was it more mahoka no it wasn't mahoka related this time it was oh, just more wow. uh just talking shit about specific i listen i get the characters in these shows they are there for a reason it's, you know like it's not oh degeneracy well, okay. is not is not a is not a crime that's all i'm gonna say Okay. Oh, maybe it was the Kanojo, no Kanojo. Whatever, anyways. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, hit us up. Social medias. We're on Facebook also. Um, oh, we need to start posting yeah. in that group. But anyways, yep, that's all. All right. Peace Bye. out, y'all. Bye.